As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Tuesday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. As you know, a lot needs to go right to take home the W's on the quad one wins. We talked about it last episode. Mistakes need to be limited. Well... A slow start, start followed by uh, complete control of the game, followed by sloppy basketball, missed opportunities, and Syracuse just couldn't put a bow on a quad one win and bring home the W. So an 82-78 loss for the Orange. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you and fan feedback. And Syracuse looks to rebound on the road versus Georgia Tech this Saturday at noon. We'll let you know what we think about that. So... This is the third game in a row now where Roughly. Syracuse has controlled the majority of a game against Miami, and Miami has come back to uh, be victorious. And it's a bit frustrating. There were some mistakes. There was freshman mistakes. There was, there was veteran mistakes at the end of that game and missed buckets to go with it. So empty possessions and turnovers is a recipe for an L. And they got it. Uh, it's just tough to watch it go down like that when you, you you see the lead being chipped away, but you still have faith. Think they can rally this thing back, and you know once the crowd got into it, I think it was a little frustrating. And Judah Mintz, not a great showing for him. Three points, one for seven, and uh, one for three from the line. So, and five turnovers, which is was the dagger. Whole team had nine. So, anyway. Mm. All right, that's it. Shoulder that's over. it. Done. Over. <laughs> Bye. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we'll hear from you and fan feedback. But first, as always, let's hear what Coach had to say after the game. You know, tonight we really played well for most of the game. The uh, second half, uh, we tried to go bigger. We just... They got, uh, I think, 16 points off or more off offensive boards, probably more than that. And uh, that was the difference. We just couldn't get a rebound. We tried to go with Benny and Malik together. Malik, did just he's been good. He just didn't really have it tonight. But um, at the end of the day, we wanted to play pack out there, and we have did it pretty well until Joe Judah was up on him. He backed off him and... 
that was a big shot. But Joe and Jesse really were good. I mean, they did everything you could do to, to try to win this game. But I thought Benny loosened up. He knocked down some shots, which is what we think he can do. But uh, Chris, uh, you know, he's a shooter. But he's, you know, he's playing 20 minutes and he's getting one rebound. He's somehow he's got to figure out how to do that. And you know, Judas played really well all year. He had a, he's had a bad game, and that's what happens with freshmen. Any questions? I've said everything I'm going to say about Judah. Your next to last possession, down two, that was one where Judah went to Yeah. No, we had a set. They kind of took Joe away a little bit. We are trying to get Joe a shot up at the top, but I think Judah was premature a little bit trying to go, trying to make a play, which he's done. He's made those plays all year for us, and uh, he didn't. No idea. We'll see you. And that's probably about how quick the show should be, to be honest with yeah. you. So anyway, <laughs> four minutes. Like, uh, the, the away the away pressers are always a little bit shy of the five minute mark, but um, you know Joe and Jesse, Jesse with a career high. Okay, so I mean we've been talking about Jesse, and he's been we've been kind of being a little bit hard on him on the. On finishing around the rim and 25 points, 9 for 16, and he just played phenomenal, 11 rebounds, and not a single block for anybody in the game, which I think is the, probably the first time this year I've seen that. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just you you think coming into a game like this with the with a little bit of height advantage, you get something out of that. But regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, Nigel Pack, he was 5 for 9 from 3. Joe was leaving him with room because well you kind of want guys to shoot from there except for except for he was making them right yeah so yeah. straight on about halfway from the arc to the the half court line is about right where he was nailing them and you know you don't want to get up too hard on the guy and cause a foul opportunity and give a guy three free shots so he was playing off of him and you know it proved to be kind of a, a kind of an issue 15 points for pack and Judah, you know, we have seen in, in, in he's going to, he took a beating in fan feedback and some of the, some of the criticism on social media and stuff. And that's just what social media is about. Right. But right. when it comes down to it, it's unfortunate that it happened in this game, a game that was totally winnable, a game that Syracuse had a great opportunity and, and kind of squandered away a quad one win for the resume. And, you know, it's been, we're going on a year and a half of this and it's too bad it happened in this game, but he's a freshman. Yeah. These things are going to happen. Um, I don't think this is a huge setback for this team and we can talk and, in, 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 in we can talk about, you know, well, this would have been this, that, or the other for the tournament and for the resume, but there's other opportunities like this, which is what we were talking about in the last game. I, I, I just felt like this was a really good opportunity. It was a great opportunity, right? And, you know, that's the one thing that I hate most about certain, I, mean, I can't even call out specific fans, but just certain fans altogether, right? Because like, Judah's been the mainstay. He's the one that, you know, you know he's going to have we, we the talked. game. Yeah, we talked. We, we said right. he's the only one that's consistent on the court every game. Most of the time, He's had right? two bad games. One he got kicked out of in this and one. That, 
Right. And, I mean, you know, you look back at it and, you know, the Bryant and the Colgate games, I mean, right now you're looking at a 14-5 and five team if we win those games that we're supposed to win, and that's a completely different conversation that we're having right now. But, um, yeah, it's just I hate when it's a situation where someone has a bad game and then they blame it on them because, I mean, realistically, even – I know I've heard some rumblings of, you know, it's the same thing. It reminded them of Pittsburgh game. Well, we we wouldn't even have came back or been in the Pittsburgh game without Judah Mintz. I mean, he had an awesome game against Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, you know, he just happened to have a bad game. And, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Does, does Jim not take Samir out and keep him on the bench? I mean, based upon how, you know, the history of this season's gone. I mean, even when Judah kind of gets out of control, he takes him out of the game talks to him, settles, settles him down, and then he usually goes back in and he's status quo, you know, but it was just a little weird because, I mean, he was getting beat up. I think there's a lot of fouls that didn't get called on him. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, misses two free throws. He makes mm-hmm. a nice move and makes a little up and under jump shot from the free throw line that he air balls. Um, and just something seemed off. And he, uh, you know, visibly was upset, obviously, on the court if you watched. And um, obviously he's going to have better days, but I'm not going to be a person that just jumps on him as a freshman. As somebody who's been so consistent as a freshman to jump on him just just for one game. Uh, I, I can't do it. You know, it was it was by far his worst. Game. I mean, he had better stats in the limited time that he had against Bryant before he got kicked out than he did in this game for all intents and purposes. So, yeah, I'm not going to be that guy. And that's probably why Jim didn't jump on him either, because he knows how good he is. Hey. And, you know, I think this is just kind of a this was a happening and not, uh, you know, a routine thing. And, and I'm not going to jump on him for that. Absolutely not. Andrew Cuse on Twitter. Freshman won the last game. Freshman might have cost us this one. It happens. Look, like I said, would you look? Here's the thing. Like I said in the open, everything's got to go right. Everybody's got to play top-notch, best of their ability. Everyone has to contribute. Malik Brown didn't have a great game either. Uh, We're used to seeing him ball out the past few games. Freshman, okay? This is just a happening. And like you said, um, and that's why I put that in there about Coach, you know, I know that, and by the way, me and Joe don't talk about the game before the show. So, just Most just most of the time. I mean, if we do, it's 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 football season. Let's right. be honest, because um, there's so much more to talk about with football than there is to to talk about with basketball. But yeah, um, my point is, is that you know that coach, if if he feels a need to make a point in a press conference to a specific player, he is chomping at the bit for that opportunity. If he doesn't get it, he's going to throw it in there anyways even if that's out of context. He's done it to Jesse. <laughs> yes, so. yes. So he obviously thinks that, you know, this is not going to, maybe he knows something else too. Maybe, 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 um, maybe Judah we wasn't never know feeling what's great, going on right? Outside, yeah, so right? exactly. Or something. I mean, there on. might Who be knows? personal things going yeah, on. could be anything. You never know. Right. So you, know, you get a passing of a, of, of, a, of a family member, you don't know about that stuff. So. Right. Um, it's just, it's just one of those things that, Hey, look, it hurts. Like at one Kevin Nash says that one hurt. It hurt. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, you had the game, you lost it. And we've seen it the past now three times we've played Miami. 
Yeah, well, well, yeah, and the thing again that hurts is that like right now we're really not even sniffing the NCAA tournament because of our non-conference strength schedule and because of some of our losses, right? So, um, again, well, we no, just I went from second, second to sixth. We had a great opportunity to be, you know, tied for second still, but I not going to look. We we didn't we didn't move. It was a good game. We didn't move on Ken Palm, and we moved up actually thirteen spots or. Something it net. was double digit spots in the net rankings for playing yeah. them good. To, so to one oh six. Cuse is one oh six in the net. Yeah. And um, you know, a lot of that, which is why I like the net, because it it plays to a lot of your situation. Which is why I think it's the most transparent thing in college sports since the television. I mean, <laughs> I don't I mean, there's nothing else that ever gave us any kind of gauge. And like <sighs> and like you I know, I know what you're going to say, but look, this is the best gauge we have. This is absolutely the best gauge we have. And I know that people who decide these things are not looking at the net rankings, but it gives us an idea of what I believe should be the truth. But you have human hands and eyes on this stuff, and there's politics involved. But the, no, net, but the net rankings I mean- is a pure ranking. Well, so I think the one thing with me that goes in the net rankings is board obviously wins bigger than anything else so if you are a team that is just happens to be winning and have a really good record but your strength of schedule isn't that great um yes if you lose the strength of schedule or the strength of the team and how close you play them can help you but as long as you win it's not going to hurt you so usually when you look at the net rankings and you look at some of the top teams it's usually some of these teams from mid-major conferences that just might not have had the strength of schedule but they are winning a lot so I think that that's the one spot where really it's skewed, but obviously that gets kind of. I think it gets that, filtered that, that, out though. You're not going to, you're not going to. It kind of does and kind of doesn't. It, I think that gets filtered out a lot by. I think it gets the, filtered out at the end, yes, right? Yeah. Okay, but if if that team you happen to play that team, and it it's a quad one game because they're just way up there then that helps another random team out, right? Like, oh, we it beat does. this random mid-major team. So, I mean, there is a is, little bit you there. Gotta, well, I mean, I understand that, but that most of those games are played in the beginning of the year, and when all of these guys are hitting their own conference play, that's where the cream rises to the top. And that balance, I think that I feel like that balances it out when when you've got like when you've got a mid-major team that's that's going to be the top of their division anyway, those guys a lot of those come down to conference championships anyhow. So, you know, I mean, look, I, I understand your point. But this... it's, the ra- it's the random stuff, right? I mean, it's like the like right now, Florida Atlantic from the Conference USA is 12. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. just random little things like that. Who, that did, just... who have they beat, though, in, in non-conference play? Who, who did they play? Did they play anybody worth a damn? I mean, a lot of those, a lot of those teams have. Sam Houston is forty seventh. So I mean, you get so Oral Roberts is sixty first. I mean, sometimes you get some of these guys, and if you're uh, one of these big teams that play them in the non conference, that's looked at as a quad one game. But you know, who did they play? You know. Yeah, but you, yeah, and I get it. But I mean, it might to some people it might be low hanging fruit, but I think yeah. that it's it's. I'm right there with you. It's the most accurate thing that we have. It's just not perfect. It's, it's still imperfect. N- nothing will be perfect. Nothing will be perfect. Ken Pimes 
stuff ain't perfect. Well, nothing will be perfect because teams get better as the season goes on. Well, not so. only that, but some teams, you know, you can look at injuries to go the other way. You can look mm-hmm. at all kinds of things. So there's all kinds of factors, and that's what I mean by the end of the year, those types of things filter themselves out. Not only that, but when you do have the commission looking at all these things, they're going to take into consideration the things that the net won't. The, sometimes the problem is is that with teams like Syracuse, who have like been constantly bubble teams, if their net if their if their net ranking looks good and you judge it just by that, there's going to be things that the commission's going to see that is going to disqualify them. Right. So that's what's dangerous about being on the bubble. But you know if you know when they have a, a legit shot and you know what can hurt them. And right now we know what's hurting Syracuse. And we've touched on it the last three episodes. So they've got to be able to, from here on out, and that's the point about this, about this game, is that they had it in their pocket. And that's what, mm-hmm. that's what kills me, is that they had the game won. All they had to do, the defense was playing great. All they had to do is um, have, some, have some buckets on offense to, to, to keep, this, keep the score you know, at least moving. Uh, yeah. and not so stagnant on offense. Yeah, dude, and then Joe, Joe Girard went after a ball. And look, these things happen. This is what I mean by, you know, there's freshman mistakes, there's, there's veteran mistakes late in the game. Joe Girard chased a ball that was shot and rimmed off by Miami, and he ended up touching it before it went out of bounds. Should just let it go. And yeah. they ended up getting the ball back, right? That's a brain. That's a big brain fart, okay, in my opinion. And I would criticize that more than I criticize some of what Judah did. And like Coach said, Judah, that last play was set up for, for Joe to take a shot. Okay, well, how many times have we seen Judah just run the lane and come up with, uh, you know, take out his magic wand and wave that shit and get the bucket and the end one or, or something, you know, we we've seen it. So it's right. It's not and to be perfectly it, honest to you. I thought you looked like he was trying to pass it off anyway there. He got clobbered in there. I mean, I, I don't know if there was a foul, but I didn't see Judah the problem Mintz disappeared. Is that when you just he dribble into two people, you can't always expect a foul. No, you can't. And that's the thing. Like if you're, if you're deemed out of control, which it's easy, I think for him to sometimes look. Yes. He looks out of control quite a bit. Then it's hard sometimes, especially when the hands go straight up. Yeah, I mean, if you go if if you go in with your arms and your arms, your elbow or whatever hit the other guy's arms that are straight up, and you lose the ball, that's not a foul. So, I mean, there was more blatant fouls I think that the refs missed, and I think that the refs were were part of this because because there was just so many just physical plays that were not called. And then I saw some ticky tack stuff, you know I mean? Justin Taylor got no called some ticky tacks. I mean, it was a little bit of inconsistency, but realistically where we lost this game was, um, I mean, re- ironically, I mean, turnovers, they had two more turnovers, but I think it was the, I mean, it was the rebounds. They beat us by rebounds and they scored at least 16 points. Like what coach said off of second chance points. And we didn't get a lot of second chance points and they shot, they got 25 out of 28 from the free throw line. 11, 11 more 11 times. more, and they scored 11 more points than us. So, I mean, realistically, that's the game. And that's like that's just timely fouls. You know, that's following Isaiah Wong on a three-point shot. And it just seemed like, you know, our fouls weren't the and ones or the shooting motions or anything like that, a lot of them. Um, but a lot of those thirds were. A lot of those were going up and going to the basket and all that kind of stuff like that. So, 
Um, realistic to me, that's really what it was. I mean, what did they say? Omie? Is that what they say it now? Omie is Omi- how you – right. Either way, I mean, that guy's solid. That guy's legit. 16 and 16 to be the size that he is. You saw Jesse try to back him down, and he just stopped him in his tracks. And he was um, really good with his feet around around the basket. He was a left-hander. And I mean, there were some of those those plays around the basket where I was like, Jesse's got to block one of these one of these times. Just never and he, didn't, and he didn't get one. He didn't get one. So – uh, kudos to him. He uh, is legit. Didn't know that he was the Sun Belt Player of the Year uh, transferring out of Arkansas State um, from last year. So um, he's a legit big man. Uh, even though he's a little undersized, he uh, he carves out a space out there quite nicely. And um, you know, with all that that beef that he's got, uh, it wasn't that difficult with Jesse. Now some of the higher rebounds and stuff like that, you know, it was easier for Jesse. Um, but yeah, that guy right there, man. Him and Pack. I mean, they just. I mean, we held Wong really, really good. I mean, Isaiah Wong's their guy. He is their guy, but I just don't know if he's the star of that team right now. Well, I mean, but we talked about the zone possibly giving this team, you know, some some hiccups and everything. And it just seemed to me like the guys that had hiccups were guys that have seen it before. And all of a sudden, then Pat comes in and shoots 15, 5 and 9 from 3. And Omie has the game that he has. And it's the first time they saw the zone. So... Um, it surprised me a little bit that those two were the guys, um, <clears throat> to be perfectly honest with you. And honestly, um, you know, I'm going to give kudos to Beverly. You know, Harlan Beverly off the bench, he didn't get a lot of minutes um, normally, but he came in because Joe Girard was kind of taking advantage of, you know, the size of their guards and stuff like that. And he came in and he played a hell of a game. So um, kudos to them to get back in it. But I think they had a little bit of help. And, um, you know, it's just – Again, one of those things this is the reason why Jim Beheim harps on rebounds every single postgame press conference. Yeah, negative four ended up being negative four for Syracuse on the rebounds. At no Blanchard, 44. Refs had Miami money line. That being said, at least Miami is good in one sport because their football team is atrocious. Wow. Mm. Mm. Well, that's, that's shot. Shot, that's shot. 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 Uh, our buddy at David Super. Uh, someone in the green room had 83.79. However, what a missed opportunity. Not having this win will sting come March, but plenty of chances left for quality wins. Going to be a long week, but need to forget about it come Saturday at Georgia Tech. And like I said, uh, a, a chance to to rebound back in that game. And I do think this is could sting if they don't get a quad one win. And I had, I had North Carolina at the dome as my as my big win of the year, and so we'll see. And you know, I'm not real impressed with a couple of those other teams, and we'll see how Syracuse matches up against them. I'm not sure that they don't match up better than I thought, maybe against a Duke, too. So, but we'll see. Uh, let's see what else we got here on Twitter. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, so it's just it's it's tough. I mean, dude, if there's one thing that I think that we've learned, right? So I mean, you look at our last three losses out of the last what twelve games or whatever. Um, it's Virginia, Pitt, and Miami. Those are three of the top teams in the ACC right now, and uh, we were in every game. Uh, we might have been down a lot, but we showed a lot of resolve in coming back. We showed that we could play in these games, and to be perfectly honest with you. Um, all it really did was give me confidence that, I mean, there's been years before where I thought we were good, but there was teams in the ACC where it was like, all right, well, you know, that's, that's, 
high climbing to, to beat that team. You know what I mean? And I just don't think that there's a team like that in the ACC this year. So, I mean, if anything, these these last three losses have given me is pretty much more confidence that, you know, we're going to be in these games. I mean, we could have an off night and get crushed, right, like Illinois, but uh, I mean, we have the talent to be in every single one of these games and win every single one of these games. At Master Leo, one, two, three. Judah has been the best player on our team, but it was evident early that Samir was a better option today. I would have liked to see Judah sit most of the second half. Now, look, this is so easy to say, though, mm. in hindsight, because you know what Judah can do. And it would be, okay, so let's say, let's say he just plays Samir most in the second half, and we lose anyway. What would you be saying then? I, I wonder because I bet you you I bet you fan <laughs> feedback would be reversed. Why didn't right? you put Judah back? Why is Samir out there? There's no way he should be out there. Judah, why is Our Judah best on the bench? Player is on the bench. Yeah. End of the game. What are you doing? So I get it, but that is a that is a hindsight, I think opinion. But mm-hmm. but it, it has got to be tough. The Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, it's got to be tough though. And, and but I mean, look, that's what fan feeds feedbacks about. Right. All it's all Monday morning quarterbacking, right? So, no. it, it, and and I love it because it sparks conversation. I just don't think that that would be the best option. And you got to think too, as a coach, and you know, you you know what you got. Coach knows what he's got, and you still even when someone's having a. How many times has he stuck with Joe and Joe's having a? Bad yeah, day, but that's you know? the thing is, is that it's like there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference between knowing what you got. And getting it right, and that's really the thing. I think that's been the conundrum of this whole season is that like he sees what he has on on his team in practice, right? So he knows what he's got, but what is he going to get when it comes game time? And that's really been the whole question of this whole season. Wow, I mean, we have we have nine deep in which we've seen the likes of Justin Taylor come in and go off, Chris Bell go off, Joe Girard win games, Malik Brown. Right, exactly. Hema come in and play better Hema. than how Jesse Hema was. Hema is a block come. machine. I mean, this guy just is a block machine. He was in for five minutes. Right. So Two it's steals. Not, he had two steals not, in five minutes. It's not necessarily what you got. It's who's doing what when it comes to game time and making the adjustments and putting in you know the lineups that you think are going to work or that's going to work against the team you're playing against. And that's really what it is. Is just, that's what makes it so difficult. I and, and I think I've alluded to this in past um, podcasts, but there's been so many years, especially with like scholarship sanctions and everything like that, where he's had like seven, and it's like, all right, we're gonna get what we're gonna get. But now it's like you have all these different pieces in from game into game out. So it's, you think it's a good, you think it's it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. It's a good problem to have, but you got to make the right decisions in game. It's a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot more chess involved when you have this much talent on one team. And that's the truth. And options, but it's also inconsistency. So what are they going to do? Because you've seen guys come in and not do anything, get pulled, put on the bench. All right, get a good talking to, come in, do great. Great, yeah. Judah last game, or who was it last game? Not not the Miami game. But the uh, Notre Dame game, it was Judah. Yeah, it was. He got. But pulled, you've got, also seen guys get pulled and, and they go back in and, and still do bad again, right? And they, it's just 
I mean, what yeah. are you going to do, right? Yeah. So, and you have leashes, and you know, you want to give guys time to, you know, you don't want to just pull them just because they make a mistake. So, there's it's just more so many things going on. It's more difficult to coach like that because you just have got to know when to do what. And when you only got seven guys, and you're just throwing in someone when when your center's in foul trouble or, you know, someone needs a break for a minute, that, it's a much easier decision to make because you don't have anybody. But there's yeah. so, so many people. You have so many options, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. there's, we've seen so many different lineups and different things like that, that there's so many options. It's, what do you do? Yeah. It's And, and you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that it's caught up to him or anything. And obviously, he's still got to learn because this is something new based upon previous seasons so i mean you want to give them the benefit of the doubt you know because you can't just guess on how a kid's going to play obviously you know because if everyone played like they did in practice then he wouldn't have to worry about anything exactly at if not now when 84 we gave that away but the refs helped horrible no calls would have been a nice win on to the next uh i expect more pessimism from mike but that's okay i'll take it i'll take it for once Mm. Oh, Mike! Mike hates refs. That guy hates refs. Hates them. <clears throat> it's fine. It's fine. I hope he's listening <laughs> too. Uh, let's see. When do I move on to Facebook? That's the question. There was so much activity last night, and I have not looked at these, so I'm trying to scroll through mm. at J Fleck twenty four Flask. At J Flask twenty four, don't want to talk about it. I hear you. <laughs> um, at Chief Arquette, the refs were absolutely obnoxiously bad. The game ended on a technical foul that didn't get called. Uh, my faith in officiating staff this year is in the toilet. Okay, that's fair. Um, at Hughes Waterboy. Let that one slip out of our hands. Brutal. Yeah. Oh, our boy Cap. F these refs. Yeah, that, hmm. it was... It, and you know, I, there's a fine line for me for from being able to let these guys play and have fun and to get these gritty games. Like, do you remember when we were kids and how college basketball and like even like the NBA, I have my jokes like, what's the NBA? But back in the day, I used to actually watch the NBA when it was good. You know what I mean? Right. And there was defense, and they used to play gritty like this. And, you know, so I like seeing it. The old days of the Big East, all of that. It was like, you know, you don't want the fouls too tight, but there's a fine line between controlling a game and being consistent in controlling a game. And it's just not there. And I don't know how, what kind of training these guys get, but I don't know what's what anymore sometimes. And, that, and that's the problem. So if you're watching the game, it's 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 really easier in football than it is in basketball these days because you just don't know the the definitions aren't clear, the calls aren't consistent, and you feel like if you're gonna let them play, you're either gonna let them play like, and then all of a sudden whistles tighten up, and it's like, well, damn it, man. I mean, I, I can't follow a game like that. You let them play, yeah. you get in a different flow. You know, it's a lot of fast breaks, a lot of uh, guys hitting the floor and good action. And, and I don't mind that if it's going to stay the same. And we've talked about this in nauseam. But when you change the pace of a game and you, and you change the way you call it and the, and the players have to adjust, it's just not – it takes the – for the fan, 
it takes a, it takes a lot of fun out of it. So if you're going to do it, just do it from the get-go, okay? Then Jesse will get his four fouls by minute 16 in the, in, the, in the first half, and we'll have to sit him until eight minutes left in the second. Um, Facebook, top fan, Jesse. They hit tough shots. We didn't. Got to be quicker to pull Bell if he's not hitting. Is Copeland redshirting? Good question. Glad Jesse yeah. is looking back on track. Copeland in warm-ups last night, I saw. And I don't know. It's a good question. And Jesse's back on track for now. And that's another one of those things. But um, definitely a confidence booster for him, and that never hurts. Um, in, in the tough shots by Pack, I mean, it seems to be what he does. If you, yeah. if you looked at his stats coming into the game, He's pretty, not only is can he hit him, but he's pretty calculated. Like, he knows his shot, and he's not taking it. He was, I think if I remember right, like 47% coming. Was it that high? I don't know, but he went five for nine, and majority of them were from the, you know. Hey, let me check that real quick. Go ahead. At the top of the key of the three-point line. Yeah, it was in the same spot. Um, now, he did hit one in the corner, and that was after scrambles and good defense, and he hit one with like two or three seconds, but it was after an offensive rebound. I mean, you know, just <clears> – <throat> Like I said, second chance points and how many free throws they got was really the game. That was that was that was the game. Okay, um, he's he's thirty seven percent. Yeah, which I mean, is he's, you know, he's a good shooter. You know, he is he's a good shooter. But I mean, nothing that they had wasn't anything that we didn't handle last night. It's just you know they're uh, an older, more experienced team, a team that made the elite eight last year with, um, you know, obviously some good transfers so i mean and on top of that they had guys come in that just did things for them and um that they they just don't expect for them you know like walker coming in and hitting all those little jumpers from the free throw line and getting some rebounds and you know beverly coming in and doing what he did like that's not anything you can expect it's not anything i don't think either of those two have done all season and uh they come in and do it and they pick up wong and the bad game that he had and you know the transfers come in and you give up that many second chance points and free throws and there goes your your opportunity the problem is that we're losing chances we're losing opportunities we don't have too many more to go and seeing the opportunities that we wasted with the bad non-conference losses yeah, it's, um, it's all starting to add up to the point where yeah. like we're, we're we're getting close to back against the wall here yeah it's and that's just it it's just it's one of those things where you know, if you could have one or two of those back, one of those back. If you got one of those back, like you're I still said, man. You're, Either you're still kind of sitting. Pretty. Give me the Bryant game. Uh, yeah, give me the Bryant game. I would love a redo on that. I really would. I, I hope. I mean, look, everybody that listens for five minutes knows I can't stand that team. I can't stand that coach. Uh, all right, moving on. Top fan John on Facebook. Tough loss. Played well enough to win, but need to be smarter in crunch time. Jesse was the best player on the floor. Get him the ball. I can't much argue with that, man. They drew a play up for Joe. I, I just don't know. And, and couple that with this, and then I'm going to get your thoughts. Um, Matthew, on Facebook, Hero Ball by Mintz. Seniors need to demand the ball in that situation. Poor leadership from the players. I, I just don't know. It, it's not one of those situations where it's... Uh, clapping and, and yelling for the ball. And there just wasn't that much time left. And I think, if anything, I would refer back to John maybe and, and 
maybe plan B could have been Jesse because they knew the ball was going to Joe. They, they know in that situation they're going to try to get Joe the ball. And so right. it ended up being a situation where Jess, where um, Judah was trying to do something he'd done a number of times. It didn't work. And it wasn't so much that play for me. It, it, because that play was late, I get it. And there was a lot of focus on that play. But it was the, it was the pass. It was the intercepted pass across court that killed me. Um, that that let one of the last turnovers there. And, and, the, right. and, and, and the turnover before that with Joe chasing that ball out. He didn't need to touch, and he did. And I don't know what he was thinking, but just unfortunate. So you could you could cling on to one thing, but I don't think it's any one thing, really. No, no, it's not. It's just it's like it's not one, one of those play. Let's, where it was let's such say that. a clean game, yeah. except for like a small little fraction where we had so many turnovers and gave up so many free throws that just blew that lead. I mean, I I, I don't know. Hopefully it's a it's a coaching experience and a player experience that, you know, helps us later on in the season. Tyler, I can't believe Mintz was even on, in the game in the last five minutes. He played awful all night. Coach has no problem benching Benny. Won't bench Judah. Three points, one for seven. Awful. So, look, like I said, he's been the most consistent player on that team all year. There's no reason... For and Jesse. me or anybody else to question question coach for keeping him in because he's a playmaker. Yeah. He had one for a game that he stayed in the whole time, or was available the whole time, I should say. He had one bad game. Yep. <laughs> I can't beat him up for that. I just nope, can't. not gonna. Uh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Let's get this one last one last one in. It's our boy Nadal. Top fan, of course. This is 100,000% a tournament team in March, he says. Even though they are young and are prone to leaking threes, they are running a decent zone and have some scoring threats. We really need to win some of these games as soon as possible to get there. There are plenty of games left to make a case to the committee. Um, lastly, the ACC tournament is a very the ACC tournament is very winnable this year. So all good points. And way to keep the optimism, Nadal. And thank you for helping me out with the punctuation. We got periods. We got commas. He's got it all in there. Damn. Seriously. That's, there you go. That's a strong game, Joe. And you know, if there's no punctuation, what that does to me. Oh, God. If no. I have to figure it out live, guess what? No, I'm not going to lie. And Nadal, if you listen, um, I wouldn't mind if you... Didn't do punctuation. I mean, it would be great because it's very entertaining to me. But, oh gosh! Um, okay. But hey, no. I mean, just kudos to that, and I'm I'm right there with him. I mean, we've seen. I I we talked about it. I fully believe that we'd be able to beat a St. John's, Bryant, Colgate today. We're not the same team we were last month, uh, and we're not going to be the same team we are today in a month from now. And I do think that we have a pretty good chance at the ACC tournament if we do. Make the same we have, kind of jump, right? Especially considering we just talked about how there's really not that whoa. I don't want to play that team. If there is one, maybe Virginia, just because Clemson. they're kind of like our kryptonite. They, are they have a good, you know, right? Yeah. But as long as Kee Clark's there, they've been pretty much our kryptonite. So I mean, you you throw them out the window, and I'm not afraid of any other team really right now. B, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, and just yeah, I to, mean. It all depends on a resume, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the one big problem. I mean, I'm 
I hope that we finish up because I know that the NCAA, they look at teams and how they finish and how healthy they are and last 10 games and all that stuff. But we still need to have the resume. And that's and, what I'm worried about. And we were just tied for second place. And, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting to stay in second place for, you know, the season and end no, there. Yeah, no, but, I don't expect to be in a two seed in the ACC. No. But, but this game would have helped that. Would have knocked Miami down. And you want to talk about seeding come ACC tournament? We have never been a high seed, and I understand that. What what have we won? One ACC tournament, yeah, two ACC good, tournament games. What's better though? What's better in our situation? Do we really want to like have a bad non-conference and then finish fourth, get a double bye, and not have a chance to get a couple guaranteed well, wins or even easy no, wins to like not pump just up that this resume a little bit? Not just that, but if you finish there anyway, you're pumping up the resume. I mean, if that's where you finish. Then you're and you're good enough to have a high seed like that. Chances are if your you resume looks the first a whole game, lot better. Well, if you lose the first game, that's a problem. But I'm but just saying. But if the, you get saying. double by your first games against the top eight seed, basically, I mean, okay. I'm just well, saying. Like, I would say if you're there, your resume is looking pretty solid. If that's where you are, it's got to be yeah. looking pretty good, especially how the ACC and people could say, "Oh, the ACC is having a down well." By year. the time it's said, what, done, what is right? a down year for the we ACC? Anytime, games. Any... We're not even halfway through ACC. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, look, what's a down year for the ACC? The ACC's beating up on one another. That's a down year. Like, I mean, that's a terrible no, way to not judge a it. Far and away, uh, there's, top there's, 10 there's team that's not, like, but there's like a national championship contender right now. There's a lot of teams that are really freaking good. You're absolutely right about them. So um, let's do, let's do, I know I said I was going to do one more, but I'm going to do one more. I'm going to do one more. Our boy Zach on Facebook, three, three things Judah needs to work on. Number one, how to close out a game. Number two, free throws. And number three, a jumper. All in all, I can't be mad. I'm just demoralized from this loss. Although, um, also, how about those flops from Miami? Some garbage calls. I had to add one more, one more officiating comment in there. So anyway, yeah, I can't be mad, although I was. Um, but when you sleep on it and you wake up, it hurts again. But when you think about it and you really put into perspective what happened, there's other opportunities like it. Thankfully, that wasn't Notre Dame. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so That's uh, the one thing. I mean, that's really the only thing you can really, you know, be – okay about is the fact that like that loss isn't going to hurt you whatsoever to be perfectly honest with you that loss helped us otherwise we wouldn't have gained spots yeah, in the net ranking at so, least we played them <laughs> i mean it still helped us a win would have helped us more right right but a loss even where we are right now and that's kind of and that's actually telling as to where our resume is actually to be perfectly honest with you because you talk about a loss to a team like that i mean helped a loss helped. That's where we are right now. Yeah, it's not a good place to be. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's not a good place to be. Um, nope. All right. Look. Let's do a little preview for Georgia Tech. The all-time series between Syracuse and Georgia Tech sits at 8-7 and seven in favor of the Orange. Georgia Tech taking last year's game 74-73 to 73 in overtime. Uh, Gerard, Buddy, Anselm, Swider, and Jimmy, you're starting five. Jimmy with 20 points, 10 rebounds. Swider with 12 rebounds, and Anselm with 10 rebounds. And they still lost. Georgia Tech is currently 8-9, and 1-6 in the ACC. They have, um, they've lost three in a row. They are playing NC State right now. I think 
Yes, the, the just to give you a timestamp here, it's halftime, forty-two to thirty-seven, NC State. Georgia Tech led pretty much the whole first half, and NC State takes the lead late in the in the first. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, their last three losses, as I mentioned, Florida State, Notre Dame, and Pittsburgh. Their one ACC win, ironically, was their last win. It was against Miami at home, seventy-six to seventy, and uh, going to. Um, going into NC State tonight, Georgia Tech's net ranking was 155th. That makes this a quad three game on the road for Syracuse. It will likely remain a quad three game regardless of the outcome of this game, but because um, right. it's just that's the bottom portion of the quad three road game. So, uh, anyway, plenty of room to wiggle there, and it's not going to change. Um, all right, so a, a guard heavy team, Joe. I got to be honest, haven't watched a ton of Georgia Tech this year. They did have the one really good win um, against Miami. But, uh, you know, they've got a couple. What, Jay Franklin, he's a two-time transfer, right, Uh, forward. And you've got a couple of familiar names. Miles Kelly, he's he's leading the team in points with 14 a game. Uh, 6'6", 175-pound sophomore guard. In his second year, so um, they got some they got some talent on this team. It just I don't know what they're trying to figure out. Just judging by their record, and I'll be honest with you, looking at their schedule, it hasn't been other than the ACC games. I mean, I don't know. A loss to Utah, lost to Marquette. I, 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 <coughs> yeah, I, I mean, they didn't play anybody. No, not really. I mean, they beat Georgia. They did beat Georgia, yeah. Yeah. They've really only lost at home to good ACC teams. So, you know, there's that as well. Um, But it looks like they run a whole bunch of guys at you. You know, they go eight, nine deep. Yeah. And, you know, they got Jalen Moore and and Javon Franklin, some forwards. They add some height. And obviously, Rodney Howard, he's a big guy. But he's only averaging 19 minutes a game. So, yeah, like you said, it's a guard-heavy team. And, uh, yeah, it's really probably going to come down to how our guards handle their guards and um what really comes with that you know they got lance terry a guard that was a two-year double-digit score from gardner webb who's coming over as a senior um so you know a lot of these guys have been at georgia tech you know they really only have one transfer that's there really making a difference as far as one year goes as far as graduate transfer so you know they've taken the route of you know developing their their recruiting classes and their younger players versus, you know, going after multiple uh, graduate, you know, seniors and transfers and stuff like that. So um, they're still trying to figure it out, but still uh, this is not a team that you can sleep on, um, oh, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, that's really just the main thing is you can't fall asleep. You know, it's a road game. It's going to be tough anyway. Um, seems like they're pretty good at the road on the road this year. And, we're going to have to show up with our A game, and Judah can't play the way that he did. Bottom line. Yeah, it's one of those teams that, you know, sitting at 8 and 9, 1 and 6, it's just kind of hard to gauge exactly where they are with a win over Miami and a loss to Florida State. I mean, this State. is at this point, like, we <laughs> talked I mean? about it. Like, where our, where our backs are against the wall, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So. And, you know, they're not hot in Ken Palm either, obviously. They're they're 140th there. No, no green room. With, with um, I had the green room set up. I I forgot to start it. 
It's a little bit late now. Sorry, green room. <laughs> Joe loves the green room. I had it set up and you took forever during the break. Oh. What do you want me to do? I forgot all about you blame it. Blame it on me. Blame uh, well, it on I, me. Got, I got the eight-year-old coming in here. He wants to. He's waiting to play drums. He can't play drums while I'm doing this. Okay. 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 I'm sorry to all our green room fanboys. Not no girl, no fan girls in in the green room. Ironically enough, understandable. One hundred percent. One hundred percent understandable. Next time, Sunday. Sunday's a good a good day for the green room because we'll have football on. You know what I mean? Giants moving on. Your Giants. Yeah. My Bills. Yeah. Yeah. You guys look a little ugly. It's the third stringer, but, you know. And now we What's have the... Go uh, on, go on, go on. Now we have the rematch of the, the game Bengals. that never was. Yeah, the game that never was. And we'll see so. what happens. Uh, the Bengals didn't look exactly that potent either against a third-string quarterback. So there's that. Second string. The, whatever. He might as well be a third. And they should have Isn't he a third, yeah, though? Man. Wasn't there someone that came in before him? Last year, last week, yeah, but Huntley's the backup. So okay, all right, well, okay, all right, fair enough, but still, not that potent. Because <laughs> day day, we're at home. So were the Bills, but still, yeah, they, they were they were at home. Uh, hats off to Miami for playing that good in high twenties out there in Buffalo. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Hats hats off for Minnesota for that's the one thing about ditching your ditching your team and <laughs> yeah, par for the course. And you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, this has turned into a longer segment than the actual preview for the for the upcoming game. But <laughs> uh, you know, the most Kurt the most Kurt cousiny thing, throwing a three yard pass with a defender on the dude and fourth and whatever the hell it was to to for the game. Like, what the hell was that? But he had a hell of a completion percentage. Oh, congratulations. You know, yeah. it's funny in that game because I, I know Minnesota fans, so I was, like, rooting back and forth, and I know Giants fans. And I'm rooting back and forth. I'm like, well, hell, I don't, I don't care. You, you get to a point, certain point where you're like, whoever's down, you're rooting for. You know what I mean? Uh, I usually get to a point where it's like, I don't care who wins. I just want to see a good game. And that's what it came down to, except for that last play. It was the dumbest last play of any decent game I've seen this year, I think. Name I another thought, one. I thought it was a great play call. <laughs> <laughs> J.A. a little off his game. That's okay. He'll come back. He'll come back. Oh, shit. They're going playing a neutral site, correct? Who's that? Bengals in uh, no. Buffalo. No, that's at Buffalo. It is? Oh, okay. Yep. No, if Buffalo and Kansas City both win and they make it to the AFC Championship, then that's going to be a neutral. Gotcha. Kids yeah. playing the drums anyway. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, he's bold. He's I appreciate bold. it. He's bold. He's bold. He's getting to the point where he's starting to test some shit. I like it. Getting to the point? Come on, you know that kid. That kid yeah. tests me all the time. Oh, I know. Um, I know. So, all right. Back to Joe, the game. Joe, back to the game. <laughs> Back to you. Joe. I mean, look back to the. I mean, back to the game is this: is that they're 13th in the ACC, they're eight and nine. And this is, by the way, it's a game we should win. It's a quad three game. You know, everyone. Look, I'm at the point right now right. in the season that's where we where can't we even are. lose quad two games. We but can't. That's where I'm at. We can't. Yeah. 
So, no, I mean, realistically, what you really need to look for is to put yourself in position, go five and three the next eight games, you know, be 10 and six overall in the ACC. You put yourself in a position where you have 17 wins with four games to go, and then, you know, you put it in your hands. But we need to win the games that we need to win, and this is definitely a game that we need to win. We can't lose this game. Which is which was my point with, um, you know, saying you know Miami's not going to hurt us. It's just thank God it wasn't Notre Dame. Like we we do, we have to win. Oh yeah, this is a way. I mean, if we were to lose this game, this would be a way worse loss than any of the last any of the three losses that we've had in the ACC. You'll see this this podcast turn into the Bills Militia podcast so quick if we lose this game. No, we won't. But uh, I mean, they have three losses, and Syracuse has three losses to the ACC opponents, and all three right now are projected to make the ACC tournament. So, um, you know, we just got to keep it there. We got to keep it there. Oh, they were all quad one losses, were they not? Yes. I mean, I believe they were. I, I think so. Can't really Pitt, tell you that Pitt, for sure, but Pitt I mean, it was at Pitt, was it not? It was yeah. since? No, no, it, it wasn't. wasn't. No, it was not because I would no. remember that because I hate their fans. You're right. Yeah, that no, was it home. wasn't. So we still have to go to Pitt. And that's some of those random games that I'm like worried about. Like, right, like we're going to go back to like at Pitt, right? Or we're going to go, we have to go at Virginia Tech with probably a, a healthy with Hunter a Couture. Couture. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, those are the little games that, and then on, on top of that, we still have another game against Virginia and we still haven't played Duke or North Carolina and Clemson. So we got to throw that in there too. So, yeah. I mean, right there, those are six games that, I mean, big, big games. Um, still got 12 left. So, you know, we got to win the other six. And I know Wake Forest isn't too shabby either this year so far. So, and NC State, really. Pitt is a quad so, two game right now. Just okay. so you know. So, I mean, we got, got I mean, we got, <laughs> we got eight more games against, you know, potential NCAA tournament teams. And out of the 12 games we have left. So, I mean, there it is right there on your table. We just can't let what happened yesterday happen too many more times. Damn sure not against Georgia Tech. I know, and that's the ones that worry me. You know, you go into a game against a Miami and you're like, okay, opportunity, right? And you're, right. And you're like, you're, you're ready for it. And they play... <laughs> They play a little slow at first. You're not that worried about it because you see kind of how the game's going. They take total control of that game, and they piss it away. And yeah. that's, and that's you know, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt as bad as it could. But uh, I digress. With that said, it's time for picks. By the way, I said 78-73. You said 82-75, which is really close, except for you had the scores backwards. Mm-hmm. So, anyways... All right, look, uh, and by the way, I did preface my my last my last game's pick with an absolute homer pick, and it in in what I meant by that was that I wasn't sure they were gonna win that game, but I I thought they really did have a ch- a chance. So I'm not trying to cop out on it. I really did think they have the chance, but in my gut, I was like, I don't think they can do it, especially at Miami. But man, it was close. So. All right, look, this is the game they got to have at Georgia Tech. And not a – I don't know anything about the Yellow Jacket fans, really. They don't impress me that much. not too worried about that. What? Syracuse. You're not afraid to go to the Hive? (laughs) Syracuse has just got a ball out. I don't know what else to say. 
kids are finally back, by the way. And so they might be a little hype or lit or whatever they call it. But Syracuse has got to have it, so I'm going to call it a win. And by the way, this team can, and I've been watching them. This is the most I've watched them all year. They can get inside. They don't have a huge problem. They're they're handling NC State pretty good. They handled them pretty decent the whole first half. So they gave them fits. And NC State's, I mean, they're pretty good. They're, they got four losses. Three of them are in the ACC. Um, so there's that. But I'm going to say 76-75 win for Syracuse. And I don't know why I hover around those mid-70 to high-70 scores, but that's where I'm at. Lance, you're up. Sir. So, um, you know, looking at Ken Palm, we're at 86. Georgia Tech's at 140. Um, 186 adjusted offense, 108 adjusted defense. So their um, defense is better than their offense. A little bit better ranked than Miami. So, you know, I do worry a little bit about that. But, um, you know, obviously every game is different and it comes down to individual matchups. I think that we have so many options that I don't know, um, you know, if we can't find the uh, Jesse's going to be huge in this game. Oh, Jesse is definitely going to be huge, but they got a big guy too. They got a big guy too that's doing well tonight and – He's got some weight and some height and some stuff like that. So, like, we need to make sure that Jesse obviously stays out of foul trouble. That's a big, big thing. Um, but I think that we'll be able to score on them kind of like Miami a little bit. Maybe not as much, but um, their offense really is not great, and they hug up a bunch of threes. And that's really what I've kind of seen is if they're not getting it down low to, like, the big guy, then they're hucking threes. The big guy, the big guy gets heavy. 10%. Well, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to me to whether or not, you know, Georgia Tech can stay disciplined enough to, you know, not fall in love with the three. Um, if they come out and they hit, then that's going to be an even bigger problem. But obviously, you know, there's the every there's the every game things, right? Jesse rebounding turnovers, that kind of stuff. Um, but obviously, the three point shot is a big it's going to be a big deal in this game. And uh they're probably going to hit a couple ridiculous ones and make their offense look a little bit better than what they did. But um, I'm still going to go Syracuse, but I'm going to go a little bit lower than you. I'm going to go 70-66 Syracuse. Okay. All right. At some point, I might have to start getting realistic here. By the way, our next game is at home versus Carolina, and I have to pick the win there because that was my early season upset pick. And we'll see what happens. But, and by the way, I was wrong. Armando Bacot is not hurt. No, he had a double-double in the first half. Yeah, I messed Tonight up there. Against Boston must College. have been the game yeah. before. So, my bad. Anyway. No, yeah, it was the game before. He got hurt, but he came back, so. And he came back with a spring. He came back, you know, and just like last year. He's just playing injured. He's like the Ben Roethlisberger of the NCAA. Okay, whatever. Um... Meanwhile, Florida State is beating Notre Dame by 15. And by the way, by the way, we don't want that. We don't want that at all. And uh, Boston College was hanging tough with North Carolina. 
Uh, no, we don't want Tanner Dahl. The problem is that we're playing Florida State so damn late this year. That's a problem. I don't care about Florida State. They don't. No, that's you can say that right now. right now. You can say By that. By the time right now, we get fine. to, but like Florida State has been a good team over and over again in the ACC, and it's just taking them a little bit longer to get it going. And well, they're up by Florida seventeen. State. They're up by seventeen. So I know. And this is going to put them four and four. Notre Dame sucks, dude. They suck. They suck. F Notre Dame. No, we barely beat them. And but they suck. Okay, fine. They suck worse than us. They suck. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. They're one and six in the ACC. Two of those losses came from us. They suck. They yeah, suck. But we didn't beat them by fucking seventeen. I understand that. I mean, I don't know matchup. That's a matchup thing. All I'm thing. saying is that Florida State looks a lot better now, even though they're five and thirteen than they did three weeks ago. Five and thirteen. Three wins are in the ACC. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but no by the time, by the time I together and kick our well, ass they probably point. will. And you know who else probably definitely will is you know NC State and Duke. Duke, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Clemson. I mean, we're not so far away from well, Clemson's undefeated in the ACC. I but know. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, we're not that those, far away from saying we we're going to need to win the ACC tournament to get. In. I mean, to get in. No, we're we're a loss against Georgia Tech away from it. Uh, possibly maybe probably not probably i mean probably not it's all in the i mean you could win every game after that i mean as long as there's a feasible possibility then at what point do we just stop doing the podcast that's that's what my that's my biggest question i mean i'm i have no i have no um limit i have no plans of not doing this podcast so I mean, are you trying to We've use been this through as a worse. way out? Are you trying to use this as a way out? Just cancel it. It's over. It's done. Uh, we've been through worse. I would never quit in during the season. I would. That's not my style. I finish all my projects. I don't. I don't leave projects undone, which is why I reached out to Giovanni and said, "Hey, look, man, I can't do this by myself, brother. Bail me out." And he was like, "Absolutely, I got you." So. I had other options too. I had another guy, a couple guys in mind actually, and I just figured Geo would be good because it was after Virginia Tech. It was my first choice, and boom, come through clutch, my guy Geo. So, anyways, yeah. yeah. Look, we haven't missed a game, and we is the show. So, whether or not you were here or not, we haven't missed a game. We haven't missed a game, and that other was than the first time. It was the first time we missed a regular season that you weren't here for a regular season game in six years. Over six years. So (laughs) things happen. Um, All right. I think that is going to do it for us. That's the end music. End of the show. You're welcome. Good job, bud. You're welcome. We're ending the show. I appreciate all of you for hanging out with us. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you on Sunday, hopefully after a win against Georgia Tech for Drum Show. We're out. Peace. You didn't do it right. You didn't do it right. Redo it. Really?